I'm Nicole Holcomb, attorney by day and podcaster by night, a former educator, school counselor, and administrator, and mom to a nine-year-old daughter with dyslexia, who loves all things Harry Potter, Minecraft, and science. A few years ago, she was identified with dyslexia, and our life seemed to turn upside down for a while, quite literally. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to help you navigate the upside-down journey of dyslexia. You got this. If you're wanting to thrive as a mom in this dyslexia journey, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. You are listening to the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast, episode 29. I'm your host, Nicole Holcomb. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking all about homework. So I want to ask you a question. When you hear the word homework, what is your first thought? I mean, honestly, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Is it frustration? Is it uh, excitement to see what your child is learning? Is it, you know, the, the worst part of your day? What, what is your thoughts when you think about homework? I want to share with you, if you remember back uh, several episodes ago, I interviewed Dr. Daniel Franklin. He is the author of Helping Your Child with Language-Based Learning Disabilities. And one of the reasons I loved his book is because he really talked about supporting your child and putting your child first and building that relationship. And I love some of the things that he says in his book. He talks about the fact that our children, the way, you know, the way they're capable, their capacities, their capabilities, they're developing on this timeline, and they're unique. So every child in the classroom is going to develop differently. And, you know, as we run into problems with schoolwork, we don't want that, that problems with schoolwork and homework to undermine the relationships we're building with our children. And I'm going to tell you something that Daniel says in his book that I thought was very insightful to us anyway. It was, you know, it is important to remember that our children are consistently inconsistent. So as we talk about today, some homework tips, think about how it relates to you and realize that every one of our children are unique, even inside of a household, and that they're consistently inconsistent, these dyslexic children. And just because they're able to do something one day doesn't mean they'll be able to do it the next day. Okay. And so Dr. Franklin talks about by understanding this at the outset then you can be more at ease when helping your child and you can be less frustrated when you need to provide support for something you believe that they should know on their own. So if it were easy for your child to do something on his own, guess what? He would be doing it. That's why they need us. So it's essential to realize, Dr. Franklin says as well, that supporting children with language-based learning difficulties often means helping with schoolwork daily, okay? And when he says daily, he says even elementary, middle school, high school, and sometimes even in college, you're going to have to support your child. So again, we're in this for the long haul, right? These, these daily things that we're working on, this is, this is the marathon, people. We're in this for the long run. And this is why it is so important to prioritize your relationship over schoolwork, Okay, you're going to be working a lot together over the next several years, right? Depending on how old your child is. And the stronger and healthier your relationship is with your child, the more likely it is that you will be a successful team. So I absolutely love Dr. Franklin's view on, 
ways we can support our children, especially our children with dyslexia. And so I want you to be thinking about that. First, thinking about what their day must be like before they get home, okay? Sometimes it, it takes everything they have to get through their school day, and then they get home, and that's the little bit of time that you get to spend with them, right? So do we want homework to really be pain work, right? Uh, there's this emotional regulation that goes along with homework many times, as far as children just being frustrated, right? And you can imagine early on, like we talked about, I mean, the battle really begins and we have to think about the best way to address homework. But please, let me tell you up front, I'm not saying homework is not important. It is absolutely important and essential for our children, especially our children with dyslexia. They have to do something, the research shows, and I don't have it in front of me, but they have to do something you might have to do a few times and you get it. It might take them hundreds or thousands of times to be exposed to something before they get it. It's going to take that repeti repetition repetition over and over again. And so as you're, you're studying those red words or sight words or you're working on something for a homework assignment or a project, it can many times feel mentally and physically exhausting. So today, I'm going to give you some homework tips for your child, five homework tips that hopefully will help you at least get some relief and, and not feel so defeated going into homework. And so some of this is, we're going to talk a little bit about the way you approach things as well. So let's jump in. So what you're going to learn today is we're going to talk about some, some five homework tips for your child, really for you, okay? So it's really for you to help your child. So one is get the homework space ready. Two is review the homework and decide how much help to provide. Three is let your child decide where to start. Four is take a break and get moving. And five is decide when it's time to be done. Okay, so let's take the very first tip. So tip one is all about getting the homework space ready. And if you have children that struggle with executive functioning, this is a must. For some of you, you may not need this piece, but listen to what I have to say and then you can think through where your child is in the process. So you want to plan that space. And I'll tell you, during the pandemic, we had a specific space in our home with a desk and everything set up so it was easy for our daughter. But you don't have to go that far, but you have things that are readily available. So here's the things that you need to do. So let's get this homework space ready. So as you think about the homework space, one is, you know, you're going to need to go grab that backpack. You're going to need to pull out the homework. You're going to need to get that prepared, get that laid out on the table or, um, you know, where you're going to be working on the desk or maybe in the coffee table, wherever that might be. Kind of lay it out and organize it for yourself. Figure out what supplies you may need, right? What do they need to write with? Do they need their Chromebook, their iPad? What is it that they need? Do they just need a pencil, and so you want to get all of that set up ahead of time, okay? And for us, we do have that desk where we have supplies, and we have another place in our house that we have supplies. But many times, I find myself on the couch with my daughter, and it's kind of sweet because we're, you know, shoulder to shoulder trying to figure this stuff out. And so is, is there some frustration? Yes, I'll share that with you later. It's not all roses over here. Um, but why help? You might be thinking, why do I need to set up a homework space? Can they not just get out their backpack? They need to learn to be independent. Absolutely. We want to raise independent children, but children that struggle with executive functioning need our help. Children that are overwhelmed during their day and exhausted need our help. Do we really want to use the little bit of energy she has left getting out her backpack, pulling out her homework, trying to find her agenda to see what's required for tonight? Oh my goodness, I can't find my pencil. 
all of this can be two things. One can be time a time suck, right? Like you, you've got like an hour to do homework before bedtime and you're trying to get things done. It can also be your child procrastinating, right? I don't really want to do the homework, so I'm going to take as long as I need to take to get this homework organized. And it could be just overall for some children just very frustrating to get started. And so they already feel defeated before they even start their homework. And I don't know about you, but I don't want her to feel defeated going into it. So you have to figure out, you know, when is the best time, you know, are are you at the stage where you still need to provide a lot of support here? And like Dr. Franklin said, today you may need to and tomorrow you may not. And then by Friday, she may be exhausted again and you may need to step in. So you know your child best, right? But you also have to be prepared to help, right? We're in this for the long haul, right? We as parents, we as moms, we're in this to make sure our children are successful and independent. So if you're not sure, you know, spend the next week having your child organize their homework. If they seem frustrated, are they procrastinating? Are she just as exhausted by the time she gets everything over? Or she gets frustrated because she can't find it on her agenda page? then you may want to seriously consider how much support you need to give just to set up the work, the homework. Another reason why this is good is going into tip number two, review the homework and decide how much help to provide. So if you get everything laid out, that gives you a chance to review over the homework for the night, to look at the agenda if you have one, to see is there any projects or tests coming up. And so you can figure out what you need to spread out over the week. So it gives you time to kind of prepare your mindset on how much homework do we have tonight and do we need to plan accordingly for the week or the month, right? And then, you know, when you think about that, that gives you the opportunity to kind of get your mindset figured out before you introduce your child to the homework, right? So I like the way that flows for us because I can get the homework out, I can get our space ready, I can get our supplies ready. Seriously, it takes me less than five minutes. And then I can look at the actual homework to see, okay, what is that we have to do tonight? What's in the agenda? You know, and I can kind of plan accordingly. Once you get into that routine, it, it, it flows quite nicely. And in those early stages of remediation, for many of us, you're going to want to read those instructions ahead of time and then either ask your child if they know what they're supposed to do on that particular assignment or what I prefer to do many nights is I just read the instructions with her. And then I ask her to explain, you know, what, what was it that we're supposed to be doing? And then she's able to explain it to me, and I know she understands. We don't want our children to, to fail just because they couldn't read the instructions, right? So this tip, tip number two is review the homework and decide how much help to provide. So you want to be available to help, you want to be patient, and you want to be present, And all those things are not easy to do, right? You got things going on that you need to get done, but we need to make homework a priority, okay? So I make it a practice to leave my cell phone in the other room during homework time. I want to be 100% present and aware of where she gets stuck and when she needs help, okay? Or just to see the progress she's making. But I also give her space to work independently as much as she can, right? So that's the pieces that we work on. Tip number three. Let your child decide where to start. So you've got the homework location. You've got the information pulled out, ready to go. You've, you've reviewed what you've got to do for the night. And now you tell your child, hey, these are the couple of things we have to do tonight. Where do you want to start? And it gives them a little bit of control over their assignments. Everything's going to get done, right? Maybe. We'll see. But for the most part, 
um, you know, you can let them have some input and you can talk about, is there, you know, is there studying for tests this week? What is it that we need to do this week to get accomplished? And then it provides your child the opportunity to make some decision making or just to have a little bit of control to say, I'd rather do the math first than do the reading. And just that little bit of decision making on their part really helps that flow a little bit easier. Now, for some of you, you're skeptical at this point. You're going, yeah, this sounds way too easy. Like, yeah, it's not that great at our house. So we're on to tip number four, which is take a break and get moving. There are going to be times when you're tired, your child is tired, and you just want to get this done. You don't want to argue about it. You just Can you just sit down and do your work? But your child is tired, right? Think back to the story I told you earlier. The day is exhausting. She did all she could do to get her name spelled correctly on the paper, and she couldn't read her science assignment. She's frustrated. She's struggling. She feels like she's behind, and now she's got to do this homework, and she's exhausted. She's mentally and emotionally exhausted. She's not going to tell you all that, right? But we know that's the land they live in right now. So your child may start to push back. She may start to be funny, to tell you jokes. She may say, oh, I need to go to the bathroom for the eighth time. Whatever it might be, you know your child's signals. It may be that your child is, you know, I don't know, defiant or talks back to you or says whatever it is that they say. You know the clues to look for. And if you don't, spend some time reflecting because you need to know what those clues look like. So at that point, You're not getting anywhere anyway, okay? That's the tough love there. You're not getting anywhere. So take a break and get moving. I found the best thing to do is take a short break, right? Let your child know, hey, we're going to take a brain break. And the reason you do that is because once, you know, she comes back and she's had that break, her mind and her brain will be more focused and ready to get back to work. You can do things like, you know, let your child jump rope, ride a scooter. And yep, our daughter rides her scooter inside the house. And I'm okay with that. She does a couple of laps and then she jumps back on the couch and she's ready to do her work. If you need to bounce a ball, shoot a few hoops, if you need your child to go outside and jump on a trampoline for 10 minutes, you figure out what works for you. But that break is essential. Your child's brain needs that break. But I will caution you to be sure to set a timer for that break or your child will absolutely push your limits and figure out how long of a break mom is going to allow. So if it's five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever it works for you. There will also be times when you complete a task and you need a short break and then you complete another assignment and you need another short break. Again, they're consistently inconsistent. There will be some nights you will fly through the homework. There will be other nights when, you know, maybe they had an argument with their best friend at school and you don't know that. And so they're just in kind of a weird mood, right? They just don't really want to do homework, right? And so, or maybe they're, you know, wanting to build something in Minecraft. And so their mind is somewhere else. And so sometimes there have been nights where we have to take a short, can I have a break between this? And so we just take a couple short breaks. Sometimes I'll push the limit and say, no, we're not going to take a break then, but we'll take a break after this. And so I push the break out a little bit longer. But again, you have to gauge how long your child will go. And you, like I said, you need to know when this is needed. What you don't want to do is keep pushing, pushing, pushing to the point of a meltdown because then nothing gets done. At that point, you're done. Close the book, you're done if you get to that point. And the great thing about tip number four is that if you feel yourself losing patience, and we've all been there, right? Let's be honest. 
this is a good time for you to check in with yourself. If you need to give your child a break, you know when that is. This may be a good time for you to take a break. Take take a couple deep breaths, right? (sighs) Maybe if you have someone else at home that can supervise your child on the trampoline for 10 minutes, maybe it means you take a quick 10-minute walk down the street, right? Maybe you need to go sit in your closet for five minutes and take some deep breaths. I mean, you got this, but you got to figure out how to get your own mindset back on track some days. And then uh, tip number five, decide when it's time to be done. Just decide. You are the best advocate for your child. You are their best cheerleader and you are their guardian angel. When it's time to call it done, then call it. I'll tell you, during the pandemic, I made that mistake. I thought, oh, we've got to get everything done. And for the first several weeks, I would make sure we got everything done. In the middle of working full time, squeezing in school in the middle of the day, and then having to go back after work to finish up school to yet, guess what, have homework to also do after being home all day. So... At some point, though, I realized, you know what? We're going to hit reading and we're going to hit math. If we get to science and social studies, we're going to do the best we can do. And although that was a school expectation, sometimes you have to have a reality check. And there are just times that you're going to have to have conversations with your teachers. Sometimes the teacher doesn't realize that assignment that should have taken 15 minutes is actually taking your child an hour. And I guarantee the teacher will say, that is not what I anticipated. That is not what I wanted. And so they may be able to even adjust those homework assignments. If your child ends up even being too tired, you know, the the standard practice is that your child should be reading 20 minutes a day, right? And that really is also not just practice, but also to increase exposure to vocabulary. If your child is too tired to read that night, and remember, consistently inconsistent here, then it is okay, absolutely okay for you to read with your child, okay, you reading with them, or you can also, you know, have an audio book. Let her read along with an audio book. So there's always options there to help practice those skills. And be sure to give praise, right? No matter how far she gets or she doesn't get in the homework, be sure to praise your kiddo because they are trying to do the best that they can do. And I've also had some moms tell me that they prefer to do homework in the mornings. And so if for you, you need to call it done tonight, And we've done that sometimes, you know, maybe you've had um, soccer practice or whatever it might be and you get home and everyone's tired and it may be that you just decide, you know what, we're we're just going to do this in the morning. And so if your child is rested and fresh and does better in the mornings, then by all means do that. But your child will not, let let me just tell you this, your child is not going to remember that you pushed him to finish his third grade math homework on a particular day in fourth grade. What he is going to remember is your compassion, your patience, and your support. The goal here is not to sacrifice your relationship with your child over homework. Okay? You got this. Homework is just part of the day, but it doesn't have to be the worst part. When you organize the homework space, when you review the homework, when you give your child some choices about what to do, when you take a break and get moving when you need it, and when you decide that enough is enough for tonight, if you try those five tips, I bet you will see a difference. So start today. Start today trying these five tips out. 
see how your next week goes, see does this make a difference. I guarantee if it doesn't make a big difference in the homework, it's definitely going to make a big difference in your relationship with your child. They are going to know that you're there to support them and that you're there to give them the space that they need to be successful. Thanks for listening today. I hope you have a great week and remember, you got this. If you're looking for some dyslexia resources, I recently created a resource library for my VIPs. Yep, just for you. So to get access to that, you would just go to dyslexiamomlife.com and look for the tab that says resource library. You would sign up for access to the library. And as a bonus, I will also add you to my Monday email club. Thank you so much for listening today, and I would love if you would leave a review where you listen to your podcast and rate the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, hey, you should share it with a friend. I'm sure there is someone that needs this information today. And also, I wanted to let you know, I'm also in the process of creating a course all about dyslexia, and I cannot wait to share that with you in 2021. So go out there and enjoy your week.